Professor Dumbledore has granted me permission to start this little dueling club. And with that, welcome to the dueling club, learning one spell at a time. Hello family, it's me, Al, from the dueling club. And I'm Jen from the dueling club. Yes. We really do have a different intro every single time. Why not? <laughs> I mean, it is ours, so we can do whatever we want. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Well then. Boom. Here we are. Yes. How are you? I'm okay. I'm all tired. Me too. We went through one thing without saying that we were tired. Wow. Isn't that awesome? We're making... We are unique and special. We're making moves. Yoy. We're making moves. Um, so what's up with you? How's life? Uh, life is life. Life is life. Yeah. You can sell my face, yeah. please. Thank you. Oh, um, huh? so when you guys hear this, it'll be Friday. <coughs> In the U.S., we have a lot of states that just went back to school. So happy getting through your first week of school for your kids. And if you're teachers, for you getting through your first week of school. Yes. Good job. I'm glad you made it. Good luck for the rest of the year. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing else I could say. No, no, no. That it, it's fitting it considering we're still in a pandemic. No, you summed it up pretty well. I actually have a friend on Facebook who is in nursing. I think she's a travel nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, the hospital in her area that she also works for sometimes sends updates every day on, you know, how many COVID cases, how many current COVID, COVID cases they have, how many are in ICU, how many are on, on ventilators. And the... It shows it in, like, little pictures, like little symbols. Yeah. And it shows unvaccinated and vaccinated. Mm. And tell me why the vaccinated ones, obviously still possible, the vaccinated ones are, like, one or two. Nice. So it's like, we have 20 new cases. One is unvaccinated. We have 17 cases that people that are one is vaccinated one was vaccinated sorry one was vaccinated 19 weren't we have 17 cases currently in icu one of them was vaccinated 16 weren't Mm -hmm. we have 10 on ventilators right now one of them was vaccinated nine of them weren't it's like if you're seeing those numbers every day if you're seeing these numbers every day, it clearly makes the argument for vaccination. Yeah. Yeah. So this is your friendly reminder. If you haven't been vaccinated, please think about getting vaccinated. The Pfizer vaccine has been FDA approved. Other ones are, are on the same path. Please, not just for yourself, but for others around you. There you go. This has been my TED Talk. <coughs> yes, family. I have the same one all the time. Yes, you do. Because I think it's important. Okay. You know, we've had family members. I've had it. I'll say you mean thankfully, you. Thankfully mild. 
but I've had fam- I've had it and I'm good ish like I should probably go to a doctor and make sure my lung capacity isn't worse than it used to be um which I will do but we've had family members who have passed away from it mm-hmm. like this isn't a joke it it's a serious thing it's not going away for the foreseeable future let's do what we can yes I agree. All right. Anything else? Uh, no. Um, in about a month and a half, our nephew's birthday is coming up. We have to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I actually did some of the shopping for his back-to-school stuff. You did? like, a coupon and whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not a super-duper extreme couponer. I'm, like, a, a light extreme coupon. Does that make sense? You can't do that, you know? I'm getting there. But I managed to basically get the majority of his things half off. Nice. Just because I'm that person. But, you know, like, our sister gave me his list, and it said that he needed five uh, composition notebooks, and it said colors. So, of course, I got him seven. Nice. Because, you know, I got two extra of the the marbled black and white ones because I was like, what if he needs them? It would be easier to have it on hand than to have to go out to the store and look for it and go from there. Mm -hmm. You know. I think it's really nice thing that you're buying him supplies he needs. (coughs) Sorry, guys. I'm kidding. As if I'm, like, the voice of our viewers, it's fine. Well, for now you are. Okay. Well, the thing is, is, like, I don't know. I'm not gonna lie, I always felt like I lacked school supplies when I was younger. Well, I made sure to get everything that I could that was on the list. And some of the stuff, I went over what he needs. Just in case he needs more later. Like it said, he needed four glue sticks. I got him the pack of 12 because it was more cost effective for me to get the bigger pack. Mm-hmm. Because coupons, hello. Yeah. But, you know, he needed um, expo markers. And instead of getting the pack that just had the four thicker ones, mm-hmm. I got one that was like, you get two extra. Nice. Cost the same thing. Why not? And I tried to get, like, not the the unnamed brand stuff. I tried to get the name brand stuff if I could. Because I don't want him to ever feel like, oh, man, I don't have what I need. Or I have, have somebody. Stuff. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, it happens. It's something so silly, but something yeah. that we've gone through, for sure. Yeah. So, hopefully, mom made him, our mom, his grandma... Yes. made him say thank you twice. And I was like, Mom, he already said thank you. She's like, no, he needs to say it again. I was like, okay. <laughs> now, again. <laughs> Pretty much. But okay. again, our our sister is a single mom who is doing the thing. Yep. And, she's you know. Doing do. She's She's doing the thing. She's trying to, at her best to make sure he has everything he needs. I, as, as someone who coupons, not on a regular basis, but I do. If I can help her out, why not? Approved. 
I'm I'm sh- I'm nodding. nodding. Mm-hmm. Yes. You guys can't see that. So That is a pet peeve of mine, by the way, when someone says they're like shaking their head. I'm like, no, that's not a shake. I know, but it's okay. it's so small and so stupid, but it's like, no, this is legitimate. Mine is when people say words foreign words that have made it into the English vocabulary incorrectly. I have one. Don't you dare. Voila. That is ooh. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that. Uh, There's a V. An- another one. Another v. one. When something itches, you scratch it. You don't itch it. Well, okay, that's a whole other section of things. Mm-hmm. Like, don't use. You said itch. You're welcome. So don't use. Don't use the wrong word. Um, there are okay, clearly. Brother. There are clearly. However, then we get into gatekeeping vocabulary, and we have to understand that different areas of the country have different vernaculars. So saying, don't say this. That's just wrong. Like, you you can say how you say it, but don't get upset if someone says that it's incorrect, because it technically is. Itching something is not a verb. Scratching an itch is the correct statement. Yes, but you have to also remember that the reason why I say gatekeeping is because typically there are phrases that are used that are incorrect, but they're used in lower socioeconomic areas because they didn't have access to the correct the information because they were economically disadvantaged. So you can't make... Okay, we're going down a rabbit hole. I will go... This is, no. We're going down a rabbit hole. I'd rather not right now. You and I can talk about this off of this podcast. Okay. Okay. Now, let's go Harry, to Harry Potter. Potter. Harry Potter. Oh, no. I'll let you say what episode it is. Okay. We're on season five, mm-hmm. episode eight, chapter eight of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Okay. Yes, we are. So, to recap... Did you just shudder? I did. Because it didn't sound right in my head. But it's fine. Okay. To recap... Uh, they get to the ministry. The, the, the court stuff has changed. They're douches. Boom. Done. We did it. Harry doesn't like toast, by the way. We did it. <laughs> and, and he actually says that it reminds him... Harry says... It reminds him of the dungeon slash potions classroom area, like going down to that level. Um, and Harry has to go into the chambers by himself. You know, I always wondered, because you know how like there's different kind of architecture. There's like gothic and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and like new age, like contemporary, whatever. Um, is there wizarding architecture where there's like a there standard? There has to be. There's like a standard, you know, like. There has to be. So, episode eight, (laughs) the hearing. I'm not wrong, though. No, you're not. I'm not wrong. We found out last book that when wizards get together, they want to outdo each other. So, what's their aesthetic opulence? Well, my thing is, it's like, there's no class on it. So, like, what would they do? Do, like, the wizards that want to be architects go out into the muggle world and do architectural stuff, learning, and then bring it back to the magical world, and they're like, I Maybe can build you a beautiful Maybe that's a muggle-born thing. 
wait a second. We're, 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 we're doing so much headcanon work right now. People need to listen to this. <laughs> this is important. Yes. Oh my goodness. Um, but it's possible. The one headcanon I love is Dudley in the future has like a magic has a magical child one daughter who's magical and one who is and and then she figures out how to combine magic with technology or have technology not go crazy around magic and she ends up becoming like one of the most Hermione gets an iPad yeah and has all of the books uploaded into it all of the magical books yeah but then I know I've read it she ends up being like one of the most like well-known figures in modern wizarding like history even though she's, she's not a witch she's like a, yeah exactly yeah that's i was like whoever wrote this is a genius keep writing i'm sorry yell yeah. keep writing i i love it there's there's a whole bunch of different ones that i oh, really, yeah, like, really there's really a bunch like. of like fanfic headcanon things yeah, that are just like we're not perfection. gonna get into that we're not today one day we will one day Oh, prepare yourselves. <laughs> prepare. We make all these plans. Let's see what happens. Hold on to your horses. And let's get back to the chapter. Or not. Well, I mean... No, I mean to not... the horses. The horses, I mean. The yeah. chapter, yes. Yeah. If we're not going to get back to the chapter intrigued. right now, let me just say, like, comment, follow, subscribe. <laughs> no. Yes. We're no. We're on Facebook. We have a Facebook group. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We have... Uh, we're hosted on Podbean, but you can listen to us anywhere where you listen to your podcasts. We love you. Thank you for joining us. So back to chapter eight. It's called The Hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, upon entering the room where the hearing is being held, Harry recognizes it as the same courtroom he had seen in Dumbledore's Pensieve during his previous year at Hogwarts. Um, this was the room he had seen the Death Eaters get sentenced in. Um, and the one where, what's his name, Karkaroff, was providing additional a information. Yeah, he and was And now snitch. he's got stitches. Stitches get stitches, bro. I'm just Boom. saying. Um, Cornelius Fudge, the Minister of Magic, is the one presiding over the hearing, which includes... 50 members of the Wizengamot. Harry counts them. He's like, there's at least 50 people here. Well, the thing that... So, it's not really been expanded on until this point what the Wizengamot is. The wizarding ruling body. But it's like the wizarding supreme court, basically. This isn't like like who you go to for like a traffic stop. The wizarding... Yeah. It's basically... it's, It's sort of like the equivalent. Cases are brought but forward to members. them. Yeah, yeah. Cases are brought forward to them, mm-hmm. and they decide legally what happens here. And sometimes there could be a precedent that takes place, and there's a law that is then created because of the precedence that has been established because of a, a ruling that they do. Yes. So they're basically the Supreme Court. It's just like they they have much they have many more members because you have to consider all the aspects of a case because when it comes to magic there's a lot that goes on yeah and this is just the ministry of magic for the uk yeah imagine there's another wizengamot for there should be for but all what, the other countries that, but for what, france but what if the this wizengamot is for all of europe mm, it's possible we it's, don't, it's possible 
So if we think about Fantastic Beasts, that storyline, mm-hmm. we know that Makuza, the, the U.S. Mm-hmm. magical ministry, essentially, we don't know if they have a Wizengamot. No, we don't. We never find out. We know France, Paris, has their own um, ministry, ministry of magic. But again, we don't know if they have such oh, a high-standing yeah. ruling body. It's very so, possible that this Wizengamot does handle... International? It could even be a global thing where, like, cases yeah. are brought forward to them. I would say more if it's it's a Europe thing because the laws between the U.S. and, and, and Europe are oh so goodness. different. With this as a, the segue... Yes. I was just reading something in a group that I'm in on Facebook. Yes. Where somebody said, your family is from the U.K. originally. Yes. Your parents moved to, let's say, South Africa. Yes. Um, you grew up in South Africa. You yourself are magical. When you turn 11 or whatever the age is, mm-hmm. do you get a Hogwarts letter? Yes. Or do you get a letter from the, the school from or the region you're in? Were you born in the UK? No, you were, you were born in Africa. Then no, you wouldn't get a letter. So the the book mm-hmm. only I, I I think my understanding is that the book and the pen only cover re- the UK cover it covers the UK covers okay. a certain area around it because it can't do a global thing because what if before you get to the age where you get accepted mm-hmm. or you get your letter you move back to the UK you wouldn't get one you'd probably have to write. Hogwarts and be like, hey, my kid is like super magical. Like, can he come? Kind of yeah. thing. Because again, okay. um, going to Hogwarts isn't a mandatory. Given. Yeah. Families can choose to homeschool. So I'm assuming that if you weren't born in the UK, you're not guaranteed a letter from Hogwarts. You're probably not going to get one. Okay. That that's my understanding of it. I like the idea that somebody posed of you get to choose. Technically, you get a letter from Hogwarts because you are magical, but you also get one from the African school because they're like... I don't think think Hogwarts would reach out beyond their borders because that could be seen almost as like rude depending on what culture you're, you're dipping into. Because imagine like, it's like, you know how like Japan is very like sort of... Yes. Um, closed off in a sense. Um, yes. Imagine like a Japanese. Not in a bad kid. way. No, 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 bad way. They're very much um, focused on themselves on as their a own tradition, on their own traditions, yes. and and it's like, it's like a proud a proudness thing as well, which is fine. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to be prideful in your traditions and your cultures. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes. This is not a negative thing we're saying whatsoever. No. I'm saying it's. But imagine how disrespected they would feel if one of a Japanese, like, 11-year-old got a letter from Hogwarts. Like, you're trying to poach one of our people? Like, how dare you, you know? So I think that Hogwarts, if even if it is a global thing, all magical kids are written down in this, you know, it's possible that there's, like, a note that's just, like, do not mail, you know? It's very possible. Um, I don't know. I wish we had more information. There's so much we need to know. Because mm-hmm. that's one of the instances where I need to know the answer to now that. Now that I've asked? Yeah, I need to know. I 
read it and sat there for a good 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, it's interesting about Trying to figure out what what I would do if I was the headmistress of Hogwarts. Yeah. Or the headmistress of Overmorning, because technically, you know, hello, I'm not in the UK. Yeah, yeah. I would love to be, but I'm not. Pretty cool. Um, Excuse me while I take an inhaler break. Oh my god. You're doing drugs. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I really do love... Oh my and I'm goodness. not doing drugs. I'm actually using my inhaler. No, yeah, it, it was a joke. Sorry. I know. Okay. Um, I, I love how... Drugs are bad, okay? True. I love how students are sorted in Ilvermorny. I do. We've talked the about Gordy, this. We have the episodes. We have I the episode. What season, Go back to three. it. Or four, because four had a lot of... I think it was of, four. Okay. I think it was four because we had a break in four. Yeah. We had a couple of breaks in four. <coughs> I'm dying a little bit. It's fine. Do your thing. Anyway, the Gordian Knot and, like, the paintings that... Or not, not the paintings, the statues that come to life. Well, and then... There's the whole, what if we waited for them to be a little bit older to get sorted into their house? Well, anyway. That's a thing, that's a thing that's brought up. Yes. Um, but let's go back to the, the book and the chapter. We'll talk about this more later. Maybe in its own episode. Maybe. Who knows? You know, never mind. I'm not even going to get started. No, because then we're going we're gonna to go too far. No. I think it would be so amazing... If Hogwarts students at the age of about 14, 15, during like owls and stuff, mm-hmm. if they were resorted, but your cool. but your choice because the thing is is that you've developed into yourself a little bit into your own like you've changed so much, and the choice is yours now. Stay where you are. Stay with the friends you've made, or be resorted, or be resorted. So give them the option to be yeah, resorted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a totally. And let's say let's say it's so rare that people do it, but when they do like go to resort, like they they do find their real home, you know. I'm sorry, I'm opening up a candy so that I can have something. Yes. So head cannon. What if there's a Slytherin during Harry Potter's era who like just wanted to get resorted because he just couldn't anymore with the anti Potter, anti Dumbledore narrative that is in Hogwarts and he's like my parents respect both of these people. I don't want to be around this anymore. Yeah. And he gets sorted to Ravenclaw because he's so smart or something. Like, it'd be so cool. That would be really cool. I like it. Where it's like, you choose your family, you know? I like it. Yeah. I like it. Um. So, again, Wiz and Gamot. Yes. That's where we... <laughs> That's where our tangent took oh, us from. Goodness. Okay. Um, and Percy is there. Percy Weasley. He's the the note taker, scribe, stenographer, whatever you want to call him. Um, and Harry is actually surprised to see Percy there for various reasons, but not really, because I mean, he knew that he was working for Fudge. Well, I don't think that he would assume that Percy would be part of the panel of judges to panel of judges. Yes. Uh, I've watched too many competition shows. Don't talk to me right now. Um, That are going to either exonerate or condemn him. Yeah. 
Um, but Percy's there, but Percy doesn't even look at him. And I have a note there. Not like Harry knew him for four years or anything. Not like Harry shared many breakfasts or anything with him at Hogwarts. Or, you know, in his own home. Yeah. At the borough. Yes. Not, not like any of that happened. I mean... And then again, this is where we get the whole, like, oh, yeah, time to make Harry seem like uh, an irresponsible... Yeah. You're late. Sorry, said Harry nervously. I I didn't know the time had changed. That is not the Wizengamot's fault, said the voice. An owl was sent to you this morning. Take your seat. Okay. Yeah, it is his fault. You can't tell people the day of... Literally, imagine this. You you have your work schedule has changed, and you're told five minutes after your new start time that you have to be there. Yeah, and it's held against you. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. You have like that's what I have written here. You have to inform people with enough time when their hearing is, where it's going to be, so that they can make appropriate accommodations to get there, to be there, to be able to defend themselves. Because it's not like. It's a foregone conclusion that you're guilty or innocent, however it goes. Um, and if you think about it, what, his name was Perkins, right? The guy yeah. who worked with him? Mm-hmm. He came in and said, oh, we just got the news about 10 minutes ago. And Mr. Weasley, as they're running to get there, says, oh, my goodness, we're already 10 minutes late. So they literally changed the time in the Oh, he venue. said five minutes. So there was a five-minute difference. No, I think he said ten. Five. About five minutes late. Okay, look it up. Going. Um, oh, yeah, he does say five minutes ago. So... If, it doesn't change the fact they, that it's ridiculous. It, it takes them a few minutes to get there, right? Mm-hmm. Because they obviously have to wait for people to get on and off the elevator. And they have to go down to a part that the elevator doesn't even go to. So if they just changed it, and they just got noticed 10 minutes ago, they literally changed it at 7.55 in the morning. Yeah. For an 8 o'clock. To a 2 and 8 o'clock start from a noon start. Yeah. Because they said it would be in a couple of hours. Yeah, so we'll say three hours. So we'll say roughly 11 a.m. Well, he 12. says, because Dumbledore later says, oh, I showed up three hours early. Okay. No, no, so but I, I showed up three hours early. Like, from what he thought it was Okay, so it's a, it was an 11 a.m. start. Yeah. And they changed it at 7.55 to 8 a.m. How do they even think that it's... Again, it's just to make him seem irresponsible. And uh, they even said, it, it's not our fault. You got an owl. It's not our fault. Yeah. So the owl was probably late and got there after eight. It was like, Errol. Oh no, bro. <laughs> he still hasn't gotten there. He still hasn't gotten there. But Perkins sent an owl to Mr. to the Weasleys' home because that's where he thinks they are. You know, which is logical because the case is in three hours. Mm-hmm. Supposed to be. I don't, know, bro. Yeah. It, it bothers <sighs> me so much. Anyway. Harry is asked to sit in the same chair with the magical chains that had been used to hold Karkaroff. And when he sits in it, it even says that the chains move, but they don't clink closed on him. Mm -hmm. 
But how intimidating. This is one of those things that I'm like, not only did they change the time and venue on him and move it to three hours earlier with five minutes to spare, essentially, but then they take him to a courtroom that is only used in in huge cases and they put him in a chair that has chains on it. Yeah. So not only are they trying to throw him off, but they're also trying to intimidate him at the same time. Like, I'm not okay with any of this. Um, when So Fudge begins his questioning. He's like, are you Harry James Potter of Four Privet Drive of Little Wing Jin Surrey? Um, and then all of a sudden, Dumbledore sweeps in. Yes. As he does. Yes. And it starts with interrogators. Um, he's, he's, so Fudge is like, the interrogators are Cornelius Oswald Fudge, Minister of Magic, Amelia Susan Bones, Head of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement, Dolores Jane Umbridge, Senior Undersecretary to the Minister, Court Scribe Percy Ignatius Weasley. And then this is when Dumbledore comes in. Witness for the defense, Albus Percival Wolfric Bryan. Dumbledore. I love it. Said a quiet voice from behind Harry, who turned his head so fast he cricked his neck. <laughs> Dumbledore was striding serenely across the room wearing long midnight blue robes and a perfectly calm expression. His long silver beard and hair gleamed in the torchlight as he drew level with Harry and looked up at Fudge through the half-moon spectacles that rested... Can you move your mouse, please? Thank you. Sorry, I'm moving. That rested halfway down his very crooked nose. The members of the Wizengamot were muttering... Uh, all eyes were now on Dumbledore. Some looked annoyed, others slightly frightened. Two elderly witches in the back row, however, raised their hands and waved in welcome. A powerful emotion had risen in Harry's chest at the sight of Dumbledore. A fortified, hopeful feeling, rather like that which Phoenix Song gave him. He wanted to catch Dumbledore's eye, but Dumbledore was not looking his way. He was continuing to look up at the obviously flustered Fudge. Ah, said Fudge, who looked thoroughly disconcerted. Dumbledore, yes, you, er, got our, her message that the time and her place of the hearing had been changed then. I must have missed it, said Dumbledore cheerfully. However, due to a lucky mistake, I arrived at the ministry three hours early, so no harm done. <coughs> <laughs> the sass of it all. No. I love Dumbledore in this instance. He's just like, lucky mistake, I'm here, though. (laughs) What about it? It is me, Brian. (laughs) And like we said, they really did change it last minute. It wasn't supposed to be until at least 11 a.m. They changed it to 8 a.m. at 7.55. I'm sorry, but there's no owl that can get from London. From one part of London to another in five minutes. It's not possible. My brain hurts. How fast would the owl have to fly? No, 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 no. It wouldn't be going to Grimald Place. It'd be no. going to Four Privet Drive. It'd be going to a different part. Of the no. How far is that? No, it would be going to the borough. No, it wouldn't. It'd be going to his residence where he lives. <gasps> yes. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine the Dursleys getting an owl right now? That's what I'm saying. They would be so upset. 
How long is it? 53 minutes driving. There's no way. Yeah, they, they're trying to railroad Harry on this one. Dude. So Fudge continues the hearing with his line of questioning <coughs> that literally gives Harry no time to answer completely. Like, it'll be like, um, I actually haven't written that whole part of it. Uh, oh, no, I don't have that. Will it cut me off? Because I'll do the Harry stuff. Because you have it, some of it. No, no, no. That's the... the no, no, no. So it's basically, so you did this. Yes, but... And you did that. Yes, but... Like, he doesn't let him continue. Yeah. And then... Oh, you don't... Okay, you're about fudge it, doing that. Correct. Yes. You don't have that. In the middle of it, um, when they get to the Patronus charm, Amelia Bones of the Wizengama asks Harry about his Patronus. Mm-hmm. So, Harry. Yeah. Um, the witch with the monocle on Fudge's left cut across him in a booming voice. You produced a fully-fledged Patronus? Yes, said Harry, because... A corporeal Patronus. Uh, what? Your Patronus had a clearly defined form. I mean to say, it was more than vapor or smoke. Yes, it's a stag. It's always a stag. Always? You have produced a Patronus before now? Yes, I've been doing it for over a year. And you are 15 years old? Yes, and... You learned this at school? Yes, Professor Lupin taught me in my third year because of the... Impressive! A true Patronus at that age? Very impressive indeed. <laughs> I love it! No, it's She's so like good. super fangirling right now. Well, no, dude, we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. where it's fully-fledged wizards... Most of them cannot, are unable to. Yeah, cannot do it. Mm-hmm. It is the most powerful defensive charm that you can that you can conjure. And well, just charms. a heads up, I think we've said it before. Uh-huh. There is no Death Eater, actual Death Eater, that can do it. Yeah. Uh, spoiler, but not spoiler. Voldemort can't cast a Patronus. No, because you need happiness. He, he's, he's never, never been truly happy. been happy. Yeah. Let's be real. Um, trying to take over the world, you can't. You died. You came back. What makes you happy? No, none of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, eventually, so this continues. Um, Fudge is like, we're not talking about that. Let's get back to business. And Harry gets so annoyed that he's like, I did it because of the Dementors. Like, listen to me. I didn't just do it to do it. I'm not showboating. Like, there was a reason. Mm-hmm. The Wizengamot seems stunned. Um, Amelia Bones questions him further about the Dementor's presence, to which Fudge interjects. He's basically saying, of course, Harry's oh, going to... You, don't you see, though, um, Amelia... Oh, I have it. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Ah, said Fudge again, smirking unpleasantly as he looked around at the Wizengamot, as though inviting them to share the joke. Yes, yes. I thought we'd be hearing something like this. Dementors and Little Wingjin... Madam, uh, oh, then Madam Bones. Uh, Madam Bones said in, uh, tones of great surprise, I don't understand. Don't you, Amelia? said Fudge, still smirking. Let me explain. He's been thinking it through and decided Dementors would make a very nice little cover story. Very nice indeed. Muggles can't see Dementors, can they, boy? Highly convenient, highly convenient. So it's just your word and no witnesses. 
I'm not lying, said Harry loudly, over another outbreak of murmuring from the court. There were two of them, coming from opposite ends of the alley. Everything went dark and cold, and my cousin felt them and ran for it. Enough, enough, said Fudge, with a very supercilious look on his face. I'm sorry to interrupt what I'm sure would have been a very well-rehearsed story. <clears throat> Thank you for the effect. Yes. Dumbledore cleared his throat. The Wizengamot fell silent, uh, fell silent again. We do, in fact, have a witness to the presence of Dementors in that alleyway. Other than Dudley Dursley, I mean. You know, Harry's cousin. Yes. So, again, I just want to say, I don't understand why it's such a big deal that he did magic in front of his cousin, who he's done magic in front of before. My thing but is... Whatever. How is it that the Wizengamot didn't make the connection if the Patronus charm is used against the mentors why is it that when he goes I used it because there were the mentors they're like <laughs> oh my goodness yeah, hands so, in the air oh, surprised Pikachu meme face yeah, surprised Pikachu meme face oh <laughs> what no what <laughs> he was just he just thought he was going to do the Patronus charm because he wanted to. Yeah, you know what? L look at what I can do. Eh. Yeah. Eh. Um, Fudge's plump face seemed to slacken as though somebody had let the air out of it. He stared down at Dumbledore for a moment or two. Then with the appearance of a man pulling himself back together, he said, We haven't got time to listen to more taradiddles. Yes. I'm afraid, Dumbledore. I want this dealt with quickly. I may be wrong said Dumbledore pleasantly, but I am sure that under the Wizengamot Charter of Rights, the accused has the right to present witnesses for his or her case. Isn't that the policy of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement, Madam Bones? True. true. Perfectly true. Oh, Fudge <laughs> is mad. But however... Dude. It's true. He has a right to defend himself. It's it's a court of law in the United States. We have the right to defend ourselves. Same thing here. Come on. So we find out that the witness that is being called is Mrs. Fig. Mm -hmm. um, she's right outside the door. And well, Dumbledore's oh. like, you, you want me to get her? You want me to get her? He's like, no, Percy, go get her. So the big thing here is they immediately try to discredit her. Because oh, it's, yeah. it's, oh, I didn't know we had a witch or wizard living in that area. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, I'm a squib. Do we even know if squibs can see the mentors? Like, calm the, the heck down. Just, just stop. Immediately trying to discredit, like, dude. Well, so. And then she also kind of flubs, yeah. but. Well, okay. So. She walks in, and Harry mentions that she's looking particularly batty, and he wishes that she hadn't worn her carpet slippers. True. And it's like, excuse me, sir. Excuse me. You are wearing jeans and a t-shirt. How are carpet slippers? How are carpet slippers This is any the worse? third time in the past hour that you've mentioned his jeans and t-shirt, and I will not stand for it. <laughs> he is trying to be comfortable while defending his life. Chill. Then don't come for Mrs. Fig and her carpet slippers. Don't do it. Okay, fine. Okay? Fine. So, again, 
Fudge asks for her full name. She gives it, and Amelia Bones says, like you said, there's no knowledge of any witch or wizard in Little Wingen other than Harry, and lets it be known that they've been keeping the situation monitored due to past events. Um, which, again, makes me feel like, are they talking about the fact that, I don't know, Voldemort tried to kill him as a baby? <clears throat> or that they're trying else. to... Because remember how it, um, 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 Bellatrix, they were trying to find Voldemort. That's where and my so mind And so what went. if they were trying to find Harry as a child, the orphaned Harry, to maybe use the baby to find Voldemort or do something mm-hmm. to get Voldemort back? Dude, I never thought of that. What if they've been monitoring that area since before then because they wanted to make sure that Lily Potter's family didn't get murdered? Also could be a thing. Um, I'm telling you, if they're the only ones that, that Harry that, that, was able to go to, they had to make sure... That's what I'm less confident in because like, they're already spread thin because of the Death Eaters, and yeah. you don't know who's Imperious, you don't know who's working for who, so they don't have the resources and the manpower to watch a random Muggle family. But they're not a random Muggle family. But they are to they are to the Ministry. It would be different unto the Order of the Phoenix, because that's part... That's in, True. That's sort of, like, you know, but, by association. Yeah, but I came up with those things in my head. I was like, oh my goodness, what if it's this? What if it's that? What if they've been only monitoring it recently because they're trying to discredit Harry? True. It could but, be a, a number of things. But it's Amelia Bones, who is very clearly not biased against Harry at all. Yeah, she doesn't have... She wants to get down to, to like... business. Sorry. To defeat the Huns. Sorry. We do it every once in a while. Okay, no, I think that the Ministry has been, uh, before they've been trying to, like, destroy Harry's reputation, I think that they kept a very close, um, like, watch over his area to make sure no one tried to do anything to him, because they're unaware of the blood sacrifice. Yeah. That sounds so, like, occulty. It yeah. kind of is a little bit a touch. Yeah, but she didn't blood, perform but... a ritual. No. Um, anyway, so they're unaware of that. So they yeah. definitely want to make sure that no witch or wizard, no matter what their allegiance is, yeah. is anywhere near Harry Potter. Right. So Mrs. Fig says she's a squib, so of course they wouldn't have her on any kind of list. And Fudge, that's when he's like. Can Squibs even see Dementors? And Mrs. Fig is like, yes, I can. Thank you, Mrs. Fig. She's literally right in front of him. Like, like there's obviously the, the slight separation because he's up on the benches and she's down there. But they're like face to face looking at each other, eye to eye. And he just turns and goes, can Squibs even see Dementors? And she's like, I'm still here. <laughs> I, my eyes saw them. Yeah. But again, he... So, this is echoed a little bit later, but it's like, he can't be bothered. He doesn't want to acknowledge anything that doesn't suit his idea of what should happen. 
So her saying anything doesn't matter to him. Yeah. So he's dismissing her. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so this is when she begins her testimony. Um, and unfortunately, it sounds as though she's memorized it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> when, you, when you rehearse something, it comes off as fake. Yeah. But I understand why she did it. Because she wants to get it right, and she's in front of the Wizengama. She's a squib, but she grew up learning about these things. So she wants to do it right, and she knows that Harry didn't do magic for no reason. Well, do you know what this makes me think? What? And this might sound odd, but it makes me think that she really didn't see them. She she really can't, because she doesn't have magical oh, no, ability. Can. What? I'm 100% sure that she can. That, that's, what, that's what I think as well. But you're never told, really. You no. have to just infer from mannerisms and, and how they react to things. So we. this is where I have a bunch of, of the book listed. We don't have to read it all. Yeah. But she's literally telling them... Oh, the mentors were running towards the boy. Running? The mentors don't run. They glide. And oh. she's like, oh, that's what I meant. Which again is the And flow. she's like getting pink in her cheeks Mm -hmm. because again she didn't actually to me that means she didn't actually see them because that's not that's not a slip that is what she would picture because she has no idea yeah and harry says um harry actually said it sounded to him as though the most she had ever seen was a picture of a Dementor. Mm-hmm. And a picture could never convey the truth of what these beings are like. Like, mm-hmm. she said, oh, they're big and they wear cloaks. Okay, <laughs> so are some wizards. Like, what you talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, but she got how they feel right. Yeah. Which, well, you don't need magical power to feel the effects of a Dementor. Right. Which and know. that was what Amelia Bones got, too. She's like, big and wearing cloaks. I see anything else. And it says, fudge snorted derisively. But mm. whatever. Um, yes, I felt them. Everything went cold. And this was a very warm summer's night, mark you. And I felt as though all the happiness had gone from the world. And I remembered dreadful things what did the dementors do and then she says they went for the boys um one of them had fallen the other was backing away trying to repel the dementor that was harry he tried twice and produced silver vapor on the third attempt he produced a patronus which charged down the first dementor and then with his encouragement chased away the second one from his cousin says his cousin yeah and that that was what happened so this is the thing is is like um the the feeling she could feel obviously because mm-hmm. again we know that everyone feels that a dementor does muggles less so they feel unease and stuff like that but they don't feel like their happiness being drained away but I think that she's magical enough to truly feel the effects of the Dementor, mm-hmm. but she can't see them. And I think that she saw what Harry was doing. She can't see the Dementors, fine, but she can see him trying to cast the Patronus charm, backing away, trying again, doing it on the third try, and it fly forward, 
and then he turns and it flies again and like his his cousin's safe and he runs over to his cousin she can it sort of like uh, infer what has happened to the dementors and that's what she's saying so it really does make me think that she cannot see them so I wonder, it makes me wonder if Mrs. Fig is actually a full squib or if she just wasn't magical enough to be written down in the book of acceptance. That's what I think it is. Like, she kind like, otherwise it wouldn't have affected her as much, right? Because mm-hmm. the only reason it affected Dudley as much as it did is because it was trying to it kiss him. It was literally in his face trying yeah. to kiss him. Like. Yeah. So, she that's when she says, you know, that's what happened. And she's just done. Um, Madam Bones looked down at Mrs. Fig in silence. Fudge was not looking at her at all, but fidgeting with his papers. Finally, he raised his eyes and said rather aggressively, that's what you saw, is it? That was what happened. Mrs. Fig Very well. repeated. Very well, you may go. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just, Whatever. Again, it feels like, okay, story time. Quick. When I was a teenager, I something happened where I ended up walking home from the movie theater that is up a dang mountain from us. Two. Two. Um, and our father asked me what had happened when I got home. Mm-hmm. And I told him, and like... He kept asking me questions in different ways to get the full story. And as a teenager, I was like, you're not going to trip me up because this is actually what happened. Yeah. That's what it feels like Fudge is trying to do here. Mm -hmm. He's trying to trip people up to see if he can find loopholes in what they're saying. Little holes, plot points that are missing, like something. Because he feels like, I would think that he would feel like with her testimony, it sounds pretty convincing that he did magic because of the Dementors. <laughs> yeah. So, after Mrs. Fig is excused, Fudge struggles to regain the hearing's flow, insisting Harry's actions have little to do with the Dementors' presence. Dumbledore says that's a very big deal because it would explain why magic was used in front of a muggle. Two Dementors and Little Winging attacking a wizard seem to count as a very good reason. I mean, what other reason would he... You and I just said it. What other reason would he have... To cast a Patronus charm. If if the Patronus charm is to get rid of Dementors. Yeah. Really? So, like, I'm just doing it for funsies. Yep. Fudge is further angered when Dumbledore implies that someone else is in control of the Dementors. Example being Voldemort. Yeah. Obviously. Yes. Yes. IW. Anyway. I fixed it. (laughs) And ordered the attack on Harry, but Fudge reasserts that the Dementors remain under ministry control. A few court members aid Fudge, notably Dolores Umbridge. Who we meet for the first time now. Yes. Who is a squat, frog-faced woman. I say it there. So, at the beginning of it, we don't see her. At the beginning of the trial, we don't see her because she's leaned back in her chair. And I just leaned back, and I'm sorry if my voice changed for a second. Um... With her hood on, and like she's not contributing, she's, she's not contributing, observing. she's just observing, and Harry can't see her face. Mm-hmm. Um, so he knows that she's there because Fudge mentioned her at the beginning, but now is when she says something. Yes, um, 
which is basically um, she's asking Dumbledore if she thinks if he thinks that the Ministry ordered the attack on Harry. So basically, the first part is, and I put the whole text in there, but we don't have yeah. to read it. Is um, the odds of of Dementors just happening to stumble into a muggle suburb and just happening to come across a wizard are astronomical. What do you mean? And Dumbledore's like, oh, none of us think this is a coincidence. What do you mean? Oh, they were there. Somebody sent them there. No, nobody sent them. The Dementors are still under our control. What are you talking about? He's like, really? Then what happened? The chair recognizes Dolores Jane Umbridge, senior undersecretary to the minister. Uh, said Fudge. I'm sure I must have misunderstood you, Professor Dumbledore, she said with a simper that left her big round eyes as cold as ever. So silly of me, but it sounded for a teensy moment as though you were suggesting that the Ministry of Magic had ordered an attack on this boy. If it is true that the Dementors are taking orders only from the Ministry of Magic, and it is also true that the two Dementors attacked Harry and his cousin a week ago, then it follows logically that somebody at the Ministry might have ordered the attacks. Of course, these particular Dementors may have been outside of Ministry control. There are no Dementors outside of Ministry control! Then undoubtedly the Ministry will make will be making a full inquiry into why two Dementors were so very far from Azkaban and why they attack without authorization. Yeah. And this is when we also get a description of her. Harry thought that she looked just like a large pale toad. She was rather squat with a broad flabby face. Uh, as little neck as Uncle Vernon and a very wide slack mouth. Her eyes were large, round, and slightly bulging. Even the little black velvet bow perched on top of her short curly hair put him in put him in mind of a large fly she was about to catch on a long sticky tongue. She's basically a frog woman. Yes. So in a last last ditch effort. Fudge brings up the other times Harry has used magic outside of Hogwarts while underage. And the times he's used them at Hogwarts as well. Yeah, and... So, three years ago when he used an illegal hover charm. And Harry blurts out, it wasn't him, it was a house elf. And Fudge is like, likely story, Dementors attacking you, house elves in your house. In, in, a, they in, don't a, belong in, to. in a muggle home. Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore's like... Oh, no, he actually works at Hogwarts. We can summon him right now. Oh, I don't have time to listen to uh, a house elf. A house elf. It's like really. Wow! Look at that. There's evidence, and you don't want to hear it. Surprise. Yeah. Uh, two years ago, when he inflated his aunt, which Dumbledore reminds Fudge that he himself did not press charges because he said he understood that even the most talented of wizards can't control themselves all the time. Yeah. Oh, and then Fudge, last ditch effort of of his was. What about all the times he's used magic at Hogwarts misuse to get magic. misuse Ooh. magic to get away with things? And Dumbledore's like, "No, no, bro, we're not going there." You have no authority over what happens at Hogwarts. And this is where it says, "And I haven't even started on what he gets up to at school." But as the Ministry has no authority to punish Hogwarts students for misdemeanors at school, Harry's behavior there is not relevant to this inquiry. Oh. Not our business, what he does at school, eh? You think so? The Ministry does not have the power to expel Hogwarts students, Cornelius, as I reminded you on the night of 2nd of August. Nor does it have the right to confiscate wands until charges have been successfully proven, again, as I reminded you on the night of the 2nd of August. In your admirable haste, 
or admirable haste uh, to ensure that the law is upheld, you appear inadvertently, I am sure, to have overlooked a few laws yourself. Laws can be changed. Of course they can. And you uh, certainly seem to be making many changes, Cornelius. Why, in the few short weeks since I have asked to leave the been I was asked to leave the Wizengamot, it has already become the practice to hold a full criminal trial to deal with a simple matter of underage magic. The sass of it all, dude. I have never seen someone been so destroyed with logic. In like the politest way possible. In the politest way possible. I'm like. You have to respect Dumbledore, the game, yeah. the power. So, that's when Dumbledore's like, look, Harry hasn't broken any laws, okay? He was protecting himself and his cousin from a life-threatening danger. And as is noted in Clause 7 of the decree for the reasonable restriction of underage sorcery, you are allowed to use magic in front of a witch, wizard, muggle, blah, 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 when you are in danger. Mm-hmm. Which makes complete sense. Yes. Because imagine if the law, if there's no clause like that, and it's just like, hey, if you're in danger, good luck. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It is. Like, oh, you're not 17 yet? Oh, well, sucks to be you. If only you could have lived a little longer. Like, <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Thank you. Now Lost. that this Dementor's going to get me, I guess I won't get there. Yeah, no. Great. Wonderful. Um, and, and that's when Dumbledore's like, look. Oh, Fudge says, oh, I know that rule. Whatever. Essentially. Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore says, look, there's nothing left here but for you guys to vote. We're done. <laughs> only about a dozen people out of the 50 plus. Yeah. Including Fudge, Umbridge, and I think, doesn't Percy vote too? Percy doesn't get a vote. Or he's, he's, a, not he's a subscribe. He's a subscribe. Because in my brain, it was it in the movie or something? I swear fever dream I saw Percy <laughs> raise his hand and put it back down real quick. We're gonna, he might have we're gonna have to watch I'm, it I'm gonna watch soon. it right, I'm, literally when we're done I'm watching it to make sure yeah. cause if so my hatred for Percy escalates yeah and you know how much of a fan of, of Percy I am oh yeah totally a fan as I shake my head no he he's in my like top five least liked characters Snape I don't dislike Snape. I 100% do. Anyway, so... That's just because you're wrong. Don't worry about it. So because there's only like a dozen people who vote guilty, Harry is cleared of all charges. Much to Fudge's annoyance. So... And again, Dumbledore (coughs) comes and goes without directly speaking with Harry at all. And the last bit goes... Fudge glanced around at them all, looking as though there was something large stuck in his throat, then lowered his own hand. He took two deep breaths and then said, in a voice distorted by suppressed rage, Very well, very well. Cleared of all charges. Excellent. Said Dumbledore briskly, springing to his feet, pulling out his wand and causing the two chintz armchairs to vanish. Well, I must be getting along. Good day to you all. And without looking once at Harry, he swept from the dungeon. Not even a not even a celebratory like high five like you're not going to jail, you're not going to jail, you're not expelled. We're not going to take your wand away. No. No 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 no. He just took the comfy chairs away and left. It's rude. Right. Rude. I mean, why didn't he make? 
If he was able to conjure up a chair for himself and Arabella Fig, Mrs. Fig, why couldn't he even gotten a better chair for Harry too? Because the the I guess the party the defendant has to sit in that chair. Blech. No, thank you. No, actually, I'd be like, I'd just stand. So no, 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 it's okay. Thank you. No, but sit. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll stand. That's it, guys. That's the end of the chapter. We did it. Yay. Yeah, we did it. Yeah, yeah, we did it. Many clapping this episode. My, <laughs> do I don't know why, but there it is. I like it. Yeah. That's, and that was not a clap. That was a slap on my knee. Yes. But okay. So... Not sure if the mic picked it up though. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back and say this. Okay. When we were first introduced to Fudge, I thought he was very pandering and like yes. kind of like a frustrating but not well, not bad meaning person. I think that he did really have a soft spot for Harry, but yes. when Harry's Reality, like which is the reality of the world, yes. Voldemort is back. Produced cognitive dis- dissonance within Fudge. Yeah, he could not support that, no. and that that all that admiration he felt to towards Harry just flipped so and I'm... turned into something really negative. Like, yes. how dare he, you know, do this to me, do this to us try to, like, destabilize everything that I've worked so hard for. Like, yeah. damn this child. And it's like... Bro, you're, you're willing to just, like, ignore facts to condemn an innocent A 15-year-old man. fifteen-year-old boy. A, an innocent boy, you're correct. An innocent boy to, to just, like, a ruined future forever. And, and he tried to stack... All of the odds against Harry. Because please correct me if I'm wrong, but when your wand is snapped, you can't do magic. You, you are basically an exile from the magical community. You, you, you might are not allowed squid. to own another wand. No, never. Because because Hagrid would have bought another one. Yep. But he never has. So there has to be some kind of rule that says if you've been found guilty and your original wand is destroyed, you can no longer own a wand. And imagine that happening to a 15-year-old who is innocent. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't care. Well, it happened to Hagrid when he was 14. Yeah. He doesn't care. No. And so, like, my like for Fudge in this specific chapter is completely gone. Well, like you said, he seemed he seemed innocuous enough. He seemed like he was just there as background. Well, as, as a... As a Way to move the plot along. Well, remember, but he didn't have any real say in things. He he seemed like he was just a figurehead and was happy being such. He seemed like a, a, a politician during peace. Yes. They have no real purpose. They're just there to, 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 to do conferences and to make public appearances and to and show... And say, oh yeah, everything's fine. Yeah, exactly. And so like... Again, when in, during Chamber of Secrets, when he has to go to Hogwarts to send Hagrid to Azkaban 
to try and stop the deaths or the, the incapacitation of students and stuff like that. I didn't fault him for that. Because logically, Haggard was found guilty. So the only person you can try and take away from the school, which could maybe fix the situation, is Haggard. Yes. So he apologizes profusely. He's like, I'm sorry I have to do this, but Haggard has to come with me to Azkaban. Yeah. And so he, I, I didn't, I wasn't mad at him for that. But the fact is, is that... He's willing to destroy a teenager. Yeah. To to keep his fake reality. It, it's like, it's so ridiculous to me. I agree. So th- again, this is the chapter in which Fudge really, really like, went straight into the dirt for me. Well, and this is also the chapter where we see that Percy's behavior has 100% changed. Like, yeah, we heard about it from the twins and and Ginny and Ron and stuff, but we didn't get to see it. And now we see, like, he knows Harry, and he's like, nah, you're you're a persona non grata here. We don't like you. The ministry doesn't like you right now, so I'll know you. Yeah. <sighs> frustrating. Yeah. It's very frustrating because, like, look at all of the other Weasleys. They're so cool. They're such good people. Yeah. They're so cool. They're, they're such good people. And then you have Percy, and it's like, oh, God, dude. You can't be that, like, delusional to think that your family would put itself in the dirt and tear itself apart off of the whim of Dumbledore if they didn't think that he was completely correct. Well, and again, you and I have discussed this. Yep. This is when I think that he would he was maybe missorted and maybe would have done better in Slytherin. Well, little spoiler, later on we do see that he is a brave person. Yes, but still Maybe it's because he values bravery that he was put into Gryffindor, but he's not... I think at his core, he is a brave person. And he's loyal, I guess. Yeah, it's just that he... He's... he's. He doesn't want to... Hold on a second. We also have to remember that at this point, he's what? 19? I think... He's a kid. This is the nature versus nurture thing. I think his nature is a brave, valiant person... But nurturing, seeing his parents struggle with money, struggle with position, struggle with where they are in their lives, he doesn't want to experience that struggle. Right. He wants to be someone who is well off, someone who is respected. And so that's why he takes that route. I don't necessarily think he's like a terrible person, but I think that he makes terrible choices from this point onward. Yeah. And he has very little regret up until almost the very end. Yeah. And that's when all the regret in him being a, like well, a valiant yes. person shows. Yes. Again, but, slight spoiler. But it's well, very more frustrating. More than slight, but yes. Not really. But Any it's kind, it's but. frustrating that he's even part of that. that part of that family, I guess. But if you think about it, I feel like Percy was given to us. In, as part of the Weasley family, a Sirius was given to us as a juxtaposition in the Black family. To his pure blood, ma- yeah. manic family. Yeah, he was 
the outlier and he did great things but even doing the great things he still ended up spending 12 years in Azkaban wrongfully so but he did whereas Percy was doing the wrong things for what he felt were the right reasons and he right now he's estranged from his family yeah but imagine he is a Wizengamot court scribe yeah, That's he not feels a low super position. powerful. Yeah. But he's being used. But uh, Yeah, but it's also at the cost of betraying his family. Yeah. I don't know, it, it, there's a lot of, like, philosophical brain stuff that floats around, like, um... What's the word? The actions of certain characters. Yeah. I don't know. We we don't know. We don't know. We we can gather their motivations from what is done and what we read, but like it it's got to be hard to be in this situation and have people you admire tell you that your family isn't worth anything and choose a side. What side are you going to choose? I'll look at that later. Yes. What side are you going to choose? Are you going to choose the side that is telling you the world is changing? Or the side that says, oh, don't worry about it. They're just upstarts. And I'm going to give you extra money and a little bit of notoriety in your life. It's easier to go with the status quo, to go with things haven't changed and these people are crazy. Yep. And Percy wants stuff to finally be easy. Yep. Anyway, that is the end of this chapter. Yes, long. Long. It's over an hour. Nice. But it's really important information because it changes the way that we see people. And basically, they're, they're, they have it out for Harry. Yep. And they clearly have it out for Dumbledore. Literally, the government... You know, like, some people are crazy, like, tinfoil hat, like, the government's out to get me. Harry literally is like, the government is out to get me, and I'm like, yeah, you're right, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, Damn. oh, yeah, no. It's true. Yeah. What can you do? True. Nothing. All right, guys, that's the end of this chapter. Harry's just suffering from success. <laughs> Harry knows stuff, and they're like, nah, be quiet. True. It's not fair. Nope. Poor Harry. Life ain't fair. Oh, snap. Oh, there it is. Bye, everyone. Bye. Silly man. I don't like Percy. I don't either.